Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a legal podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. This is our weekly end-of-term recap series where we'll keep you up to date on the latest Supreme Court opinions and orders through the end of June. The justices are chipping away at those opinions, issuing three this week, bringing the total number of decisions in argued cases this term to 35, with 34 to go. And halfway this week, there. Well, hmm? halfway there. I know, right? It's all downhill from here. 34 <laughs> seems like a lot, though, to happen in the next uh, few weeks or so. It always seems like a lot, but they always get it done. All right, cool. And this week, we had opinions on... American Indian treaty rights, pharmaceutical litigation, and a case involving bankruptcy and trademark law. How cool is that? But before we dip into the opinions, let's take a quick look at Monday's order list. We got one grant for next term in a bankruptcy case, Ritson Group against Jackson Masonry, and that one involves the finality of bankruptcy orders. So that's something that's going to happen next term. Uh, Kimberly, anything else on the orders list? Yeah, we did get a lot of things on the orders list. Um, The court has been holding on to a a lot of things and been relisting a lot of big cases um, and a lot of little cases. And the court got rid of a lot of those little cases on Monday's orders list. One of them, maybe not so little, was a case about the what's known as the Ferris Doctrine. This is a, a doctrine that prevents service members from suing the government. And it's been interpreted to include anything including medical malpractice. So the Supreme Court refused to hear a case of a woman who died after childbirth and she or her husband wanted to sue the doctors for medical malpractice. But that suit has been barred by the Ferris Doctrine. The interesting thing about this, apart from the Ferris Doctrine, was that Justices Ginsburg and Thomas sort of dissented. Right. Um, right. Uh, so both of them have been critical of the Ferris Doctrine in the past, saying that it's something that the Supreme Court has interpreted too broadly. But Justice Thomas wrote a dissenting opinion from the denial of the uh, cert petition, explaining why he thinks that the court should undo uh, its interpretation of the Ferris Doctrine. And Justice Ginsburg noted that she would have granted the petition. Right. So what does that mean? Is she... Can you say that Ginsburg and Thomas dissented? Can you not say that Ginsburg dissented? I mean, she didn't agree, right? (laughs) Well, she definitely didn't join Justice Thomas's dissent. So we can't say that that's her reason for for disagreeing with what the court did here. It's interesting that language that, you know, Justice X would uh, grant the the petition. That's actually language that we see a lot in, in stay applications. Right death penalty stay applications. We see them a lot. So I'm not sure what the difference is. Um, Justice Ginsburg has, you know, has had some funny usage of these kinds of language. So it may just be, you know, another one of those. But I think as far as her vote goes, I think we can safely say that, you know, she dissented from the court's determination not to hear the case. We could say they both wanted to hear the case. We could say many things. Okay. Well, opinions. Anything else on the orders list or can we move on? I think I think we can move on. I guess, you know, the one thing I would say is that we're still waiting to hear on a lot of um, really big controversial cases, courts hanging on to a few abortion cases. There's a, a follow up to uh, the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, which deals with LGBT rights and, you know, religious rights. So expect the court to say something on them eventually. But who knows? And DACA when. still, right? Oh, that's right. Although the court 
you know, so there's a difference between the cases that the court is relisting, meaning that at each conference, presumably they're speaking about these cases, which apply to abortion and um, the other ones that I mentioned. But the DACA ones are are being are not being put on the conference list. So the justices are not even discussing them. There are a few other DACA cases um, hanging around in the circuit court. So it may be that they're just waiting on them all to kind of conglomerate before deciding what to do with them. All right. Maybe we'll get a decision on that eventually or even a non-decision, a denial. We'll see. Or maybe Congress will do something about a comprehensive immigration plan. Maybe. I stopped listening after you said maybe Congress will do something. (laughs) Um, All right. We're getting a bit editorial here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Opinions. Opinions. So we had three. Uh, One of them involved Merck. What did happen in that case, Kimberly? Do you know? Well, so this case is deals with about 500 uh, suits against Merck over its Fosamax, and I have no idea if that's how you pronounce it. Drug Fosamax. Fosamax. Who knows? Um, Literally impossible to know. <laughs> I guess I could have done some research, all right? But it's too late for that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this drug, the plaintiffs who took this drug claim that Merck should have warned it about certain risks um, related to fractures that it creates a risk of. Okay. And uh, Merck says that that those claims are actually preempted uh, by federal law because they're all um, state law claims. And basically, they're saying that the F- they wanted to change the label and the FDA said, no, they couldn't do that. And so... The idea is that they can't possibly fulfill the FDA's mandate and also comply with, you know, what the plaintiffs say is state law required. So it would be preempted. The Supreme Court didn't decide that question, actually. Okay. All that they really decided was who decides. All right. So uh, who decides? Who decides? Uh, the question was, was it a judge who decides, oh, you know, okay. whether or not this preemption applies or is it a jury? The court came down that it should be judges and they pointed to... Interestingly, all the expertise that uh, judges have in administering, um, you know, admin law and looking at complex administrative agency documents, which just stuck out to me because this is, you know, this is what the court is considering in all these agency deference doctrines. Right. You know, the idea that the agency that has the expertise should be the one who gets to decide. But well, we'll see what they do in that. That's in the, the Kaiser case that we're waiting for. Right. That's right. Yes, that's one of the 34. All right. So, anything else on this Merck case? I think I think that's all. That's all. I mean, there was a little confusion as to whether or not Merck won or not. I mean, oh, they did. They are the petitioner, and uh, you know, the court did end up vacating. But in saying that it's the judge who decides the preemption issue, the court also set out a standard for what these drug companies are going to have to show, and it it's not clear that Merck is going to be able to meet that burden. Of course, the chances of these cases actually going to trial are probably pretty small. So I think the effect will be what effect will they have on the settlement? Yeah. So they won for today, but not sure what's going to happen next. Exactly. Very informative. And then the next uh, decision that we got um, was a bankruptcy case, Mission Products Holding. This is versus technology. This is the one that was very cool that involved... uh, bankruptcy and trademarks. And it deals with what's known as rejection of an executory contract under the bankruptcy code. Basically, if you go into bankruptcy and you have an ongoing contract with somebody, you can reject that contract. And the question is, what is the effect of that rejection when you're dealing with trademarks, trademark licenses? Does it totally extinguish the trademarks or 
does it not extinguish them and just creates a breach of your agreement? Uh, the Supreme Court said that it's just it's the latter and just creates a breach and allows this case to go forward. All right. And so then we're just left with the third opinion. Um, so remember last week we talked about an antitrust case where Kavanaugh joined the four liberal justices to crossover in a 5-4 decision there. And so this week we had uh, the other Trump appointee, Justice Gorsuch, uh, joining the 5-4 majority in a ruling favoring an American Indian treaty right. And so this case is Herrera against Wyoming. Herrera was charged in Wyoming state court with off-season hunting violations. And he tried to raise a defense saying that he actually had a right to hunt where he was in the Bighorn National forest based on a treaty between the Crow tribe of which he was a member and the federal government. And that treaty actually predated the state of Wyoming coming into existence. And so one of the issues that the court was dealing with here is whether the existence of Wyoming uh, being admitted to the union essentially knocked out that treaty right. And one of the issues is whether that land essentially became occupied after the treaty was signed. And so in a decision by Justice Sotomayor, uh, which was joined by Justice Gorsuch and the uh, other three uh, more liberal justices besides Justice Sotomayor, said that the Crow tribe's hunting rights survived Wyoming's admission to the Union and that lands within Bighorn National Forest did not become automatically occupied uh, when they were set aside as a national reserve. So Clavin Herrera won his case for today and it was sent back to Wyoming State Court. Fabulous. Well, that is um, the second time that Justice Gorsuch has uh, crossed over to vote with the more liberal justices in a 5-4 case dealing with tribal rights this term. So seeing a pattern here. Yeah. And of course, he was the first justice to hire a Native American law clerk who is currently clerking at the court. Yeah, and his uh, nomination was supported by tribal groups, right? So That's right, um, who said that his record on the Tenth Circuit was pretty favorable to tribal groups. So. Yeah, so for him, I guess this is almost sort of the norm, not even becoming not even so much of a crossover for him. Maybe it'll be sort of weird if he doesn't rule this way in these cases, but we'll we'll see what he does. Right. So next, so we have Memorial Day weekend coming up, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not going to have any orders on Monday. Those are going to be on Tuesday, right? That's right. And so we might be coming with next week's episode a day later than usual next week, but make sure to stay tuned next week when we recap the latest opinions and orders. Now, we don't know for sure that we're going to be getting orders on Tuesday. I mean, opinions on Tuesday. We know we're getting orders. We don't know if we're getting opinions, but the likelihood is very high that we will. All right, listeners, have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, Jordan, are you going to have a Supreme Court-themed Memorial Day? I actually wasn't planning on talking about that, but yes, obviously. <laughs> going to have... What um, other kind is there? Justice Burgers. Wow. Justice Frankfurters. Wow, wow. Um, yes. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> what about you? Oh, I mean, is there any other way to celebrate That's Memorial Day than... That's just a given here at Cases and Controversies. Justice Veggie Frankfurter, because wow. I'm a vegetarian, so... Wow, that's... We need a Justice Spicy right. Black Bean Burger. As an American, people fought for your right to be a vegetarian, so <laughs> we can all be thankful. All right. Well, Justice uh, Spicy Black Bean Burger, if you're out there... And oh. he's not. And she. He's not. She. Yeah, that's... Pro yeah. Yeah. They're not. I'll be your Sherpa through the confirmation process. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Okay. This is taking quite a turn, but um, <laughs> enjoy your black bean burgers or no burgers at all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. All right. I'm, I'm hanging up. <laughs> Hi there, I'm Amanda Icone, co-host of Talking Tax. Each week, we dig into the biggest tax and financial accounting challenges and opportunities from policy to on-the-ground realities. We bring you corporate leaders, accountants, and industry insiders. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. For more, check us out on news.bloombergtax.com.